Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. This is episode number two, and today we're going to take a look at the 1989 Royal Rumble. Jim, this is the first one where we have 30 men in it. This is it, sort of a big deal. And the company is definitely treating it like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of backstage segments on uh, number drawing. Yes. There's interviews with managers. And before we continue, though, I do want to point out two things that a couple people brought up to me. Okay. Uh, number one... Someone had asked me, like, what is the best way to, like, should, do you need to actually watch this, the Royal Rumbles to enjoy the podcast more? And I don't think so. I mean, we we do a recap of, you know, as, at the same time, it's not a recap show either. Um, But, yeah, I would say if you can, go watch it. I'm certainly not endorsing the WWE Network. I mean, I'm watching some of them from the Royal Rumble set that I had from whenever they released it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, you can, I may just watch some of the ones I don't have on a friend's computer. But I also feel like you could read a recap, too. You don't necessarily need to watch or read, but I do think you might get more out of it than if you didn't. Right. And, and I think the other thing about this show, uh, before we continue, is we don't do, you know, blow-by-blow blow coverage. It's not like we're going to start with this person and that person. They throw punches to start for 15 seconds, and then, you know, we don't do that. You know? Right, and I, th- that's the second thing I wanted to bring up, because I was asked, like, what kind of podcast is this? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it's not a recap podcast, which is what we you just reiterated. Right. Um, I would say, because my main purpose of this is I want to go through each Royal Rumble, and I kind of want to see the flaws outside, like in the rules in particular, and how they seem to contradict each other each year. Yeah. Um, this is another, this is going to be the start of it this episode, um, mm. because something happens here that we'll talk about, but... I, I, that's, I wanted to get those two out of the way. Let's talk about what's going on in this period. All right. Well, let's talk about the three big stories going in WWF at this time, going into the Royal Rumble. Uh, the Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, they're having issues, uh, not only against other people, but it seems like maybe starting within the own within their own team. Uh, Hogan's dealing with the boss man. Randy Savage is dealing with Bad News Brown. Very interesting there. Uh, we also learn that Andre the Giant is deathly afraid of snakes after Jake Roberts threw uh, Damien onto Andre. And the powers of pain are now managed by Mr. Fuji after he turned his back on Demolition at the Survivor Series, the previous pay-per-view, which... Really doesn't make sense. Um, so our champions going into this, Randy Savage is the heavyweight champion. Ultimate Warrior is the Intercontinental Champion. Demolition are the tag team champions, and Rock and Robin is the women's champion. So there is no more women's tag team titles mm-hmm. at this point. 
and what's going on in other promotions well, around the country. Oh, good old, good old other wrestling territories. AWA. Uh, at this point, Jerry Lawler is the AWA Heavyweight Champion. However, by the end of this week, in 1989, he will end up being stripped of the title. Okay, okay. Which I did not realize. Uh, their tag team champions are Bad Company, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. And their women's champion is Wendy Richter. Yes, she's still mm. wrestling at this time. Uh, for the Jim Crockett promotion, Ric Flair is their NWA champion. Uh, this is like a year, almost a year and a half reign, I think, at this point, that he's world champ. Um, Rick Steiner is the world television champion at this time. Barry Windham is the United States champion. The Road Warriors are the world tag team champions. And the United States Tag Team Champions are Kevin Sullivan and Steve Williams. Great. Okay, so let's start the Rumble. All right, so we are going to start off the 1989 Royal Rumble. And this is, like uh, briefly we mentioned in the beginning, the first one with 30 men. So, entries 1 through 5, number 1, Axe, number two, Smash, number three, Andre the Giant, number four, Mr. Perfect, and number five, Rugged Ronnie Garvin. And I have eliminated during this segment, Smash, and just as a reminder to everyone, this is under a Royal Rumble format, so we're at two minutes, I believe, for Mm -hmm. each wrestler, Uh, so in about ten minutes, you'll get the next batch of wrestlers, uh... So I know that this is very early in the show. Yeah. The show's history, meaning this podcast's history. Mm-hmm. Not a fan at all of Demolition. So I'm going to go out on the limb and say these are probably the worst two starters that may be happening to the rest of this podcast. All right, then you probably would agree with my first note that I have on this, which is... When they announce who number one and number two are, well, especially when number two comes out, there is no reaction from the fans. Mm. I didn't even realize that, but great point. And I was so surprised because it's like, it's the tag team champions, you know, (laughs) they're starting the match. Because they they really use up the, uh, you know, the, the ad or the subplot of it's every man for himself. And what a better way to use it than on the tag team champions. Could it have been used on any other team? It probably could have, but I think having the tag champs being one and two to start was a good idea. Just my opinion. I agree with that. And cause I, that's the whole thing is I understand what I understood what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird because you're going to see later on other tag teams, but apparently demolitions are the uh, demolition is the only ones that are not smart enough to not team up. Right. Like, like they fight and then, no one else does. No right. other tag teams in this thing fight each other. Exactly. And then, like, a, a few other things, 
like minor detail things that I noticed was, and and I'm glad we're you know we're doing it in fives. Like early on in this match, there is no countdown. Like nobody is counting down. <clears throat> like I don't think it's until we get to Ronnie Garvin where people start to count down. Right. Also, I want to mention because based on the last episode, which was the 88 Rumble, Axe and Smash did come out by themselves. Yeah. That's new. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, like I mentioned, Mr. Fuji had just betrayed them to join the Powers of Pain. And you'd, you'd figure, okay, well, maybe at some point, one of Demolition's going to stay long enough to face the powers of pain, or one of them. You know, I, I mean, I'm not trying to go, you know, too forward in, but it's like, it never happens. It's a bit of a failure there. But right. But the reaction when Andre comes out is so big. Because, mm. you, know, you know, he's one of the favorites going into it. Right, he's out early. Mm-hmm. Meaning, meaning coming out early. Right, he's coming out early. The other thing I want to mention here is that at one point I just wondered to myself, like, what did they say it was for anything? No, I don't. I was like, I don't think so either. So we're even at the point where we're still at the point where we're wondering, what do you really get if you win this thing? Um, why don't we go a little bit and talk about what was going on with DiBiase during the pre-drawings, because okay. that's going to come into play later yeah, on. It is. So, during the show, they did segments of some of the wrestlers drawing their numbers. So, Ted DiBiase, you know, he's his confident self, and he thinks, you know, he's going to get number 30. That's what we would assume. So, he pulls out the the ball, they open up, and he looks at the number, and he's disappointed in the number. So then he calls Slick over. So he talks to Slick, and he asks them, how did they do in the drawing? And DiBiase and Slick leave off to go, you know, and talk to each other. Right, and we'll see what happens with that later mm-hmm. on. But again, this Royal Rumble seemed already more important than the previous one because they had these drawings, not just with DiBiase. I believe they did it with a couple of people. Yeah, they did. And then they also had managers talking. Here, this is going to be interesting. Managers not allowed at ringside, Mm -hmm. which wasn't something that they said last year, but I don't know how many managers were really around last year now that I'm thinking about it. Right, because... The only ones that we saw for 88 were Jimmy Hart and Frenchie Martin. Neither, well, well, no, Frenchie definitely stayed out there because Frenchie got hit at the end. Exactly. So this is a rule change already within 88 to 89. It is. Uh, And see, this is what I mean, guys. This is why I consider this an evaluation podcast. Um, But not only the, it just seems weird, like, why does that really matter? Mm-hmm. Nothing's been established, to me at least. I, I, I guess you can argue Frenchie's 
quote-unquote interference last year? Yeah. Are you going to tell me they looked at this from a storyline standpoint and was like, yep, Frenchie Martin's interference. That's what's <laughs> going to make this rule for us. Thanks a lot, Frenchie. French, Frenchie is the one that ruined, you know, he's the the kid that gets uh, the good grade on a curved test that everyone else mm-hmm. does bad on. Yep. Uh, so were you surprised to see Andre out so early? I was. I thought maybe they would have had him at least in the middle. <clears throat> I mean, besides him, you know, you have... Big John Stud, you have Akeem, you have Big Boss Man, both powers of pain. I'm, you know, and I'm thinking huge guys here. I thought maybe they would have kept Andre to at least the middle of the pack, to you know maybe say, okay, well Andre is a serious threat now to win it from this position, and they have him at the third spot. I kind of see what they were going for, though, in that the tag team champions are the first two out here. Yeah. So the third person's going to be ganged up on. No matter once what. It's, so you got to make it a big guy that can stand against the tag team champions. Uh, and it should be noted, just so everyone, because I know I said at the beginning, I'm not a fan of demolition. One of the reasons is because I do feel like they are a cheap ripoff of the Road Warriors, because the Road Warriors were in jim crockett promotions at the time uh and to be honest with you nothing has changed my mind on that even all these years mm-hmm. uh so but i so i but i get because they're the tag team champions you have to make them kind of look strong and i can't think of anyone else maybe other than like hogan or savage right that could have come out third where you're like oh yeah they're getting the better of um both of the tag team champions. Mm-hmm. And something else that I noticed, and it's very small, but I'm just going to point it out anyway, is when they do the horn, because this is the first year that I noticed that they did the horn. 88, okay. I don't think they did it. I don't think so either. With this one, early on, they are having such a hard time trying to figure out what volume the horn should be. Because <laughs> it's like... Like, the, like, one time it's really low and it's like you could barely hear it. And then the next time it's so loud that it would make you go deaf, you know. Mm. So it's up and down, up and down. They can't really figure it out, you know, early on. So, But once they do figure it out, it's not a big issue for them. You know what's funny? I feel like that's what we kind of experienced when we started our countdown last episode. Mm-hmm. So we're having similar problems like they had yeah. for their Royal Rumble. Um, the I don't know which announcer uh, brings this up, but they do make a point of saying that Mr. Perfect is taking his time to get to the yes. ring. Yes, yes. And it's true. I mean, well, you know, if you excuse Andre, Perfect just strolls down to the ring. Alright, so that's our horn, and now we're going to go to 6 through 10. 6 is Greg Valentine, 7, Jake Roberts, 8, Ron Bass, 9, Shawn Michaels, and 10, Butch of the Bushwhackers. And I have during this segment uh, of guys, the eliminations consist of... 
uh, Garvin, Roberts, Axe, and Andre the Giant. Okay, let's bring up – I want to bring up first Jim sure. Roberts. He Please. Gets, he gets in the ring, and he never gets an offensive move in at all. <laughs> now, I knew he was out pretty quick. I didn't know that he didn't get any offense. Like, if he did, it was like two or three punches on Andre, and it did nothing. Okay. It, it was just nothing. Mm-hmm. That's funny, because I, I knew he was out early, but I didn't know that he really didn't have much offense. So at one point, Jake, you know, gets eliminated. Mm-hmm. But then later on in the segment, he comes back. And he comes back with the snake. Mm-hmm. And Andre, because you mentioned before, he's afraid of snakes. Uh, so therefore, Andre gets scared, and he goes over the top rope and eliminates himself. Yep. One of the uh, probably Jesse, I would think, where he says like he's he's pretty much has a, a fit about it, mm-hmm. and I have to be honest with you, I don't blame him. No, I don't. Uh, there should I think that should be a rule for future rumbles, even though they never say it. Mm-hmm. No live animals allowed in the <laughs> Royal Rumble. No live animals should cause the elimination of any individual. Well, why are live animals even in the ring to begin with? <laughs> and you know what? I know they don't make it a rule because Jake does it again in the future. I know that for a fact. Yeah, he does. In the 90s at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Shawn Michaels does the skin the cat. Yeah. But they don't call it that. Mm-mm. Yeah, and he does it in the in like on the far side where the camera can never catch if he touched the floor or not. Right. Um, yeah, I guess because at this point he doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> that's yeah, that's very true. What did you, what were your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on the sneak? Because I want to go back to that. Um, I thought for storyline purposes it was used very good mm-hmm. because you still have. Andre is afraid of the snake. Like, no one... At that point in time in the match, he was so dominant. Like, he eliminated three men Mm -hmm. while he was out there, before the snake came out. If he stays and that snake never comes, who knows how many more he would have eliminated, and maybe he would have won it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean... That's how good he was doing. Because there were multiple times where three, four guys were trying to get him, and they just could not do it. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think, other than the one that we talked about briefly, well, we didn't talk about it. We mentioned that we know it happens. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there are going to be any other live animals in the Royal Rumble? I'm going to say no. I want to say no, too, but then there's a big part of me that kind of wants to say, think about your other show now, that's what I call podcasting, yeah. and I'm, how many times I go, this person will never appear on an album. <laughs> Ten albums, again, eight <laughs> albums later, right. there they are. Right. So I don't know, I'm, I'm going to keep track of it. We're going to do a live animal counter, which probably won't get very high, though. No, it probably won't. Um, I wrote down... Uh, dirt in the commentary 
that both Jesse and Gorilla were glad they were never in a match like this. Didn't Jesse address this last year? Yeah. (laughs) Can you remind me what was said last year versus this year? Okay, he repeated throughout last year that he wouldn't want to be in a match like this, or he wouldn't be in this match because of the clothes he was wearing. And he repeated that like three, four times. This year, he only does it once. Okay. This is like some current WWE video gaming stuff where like they just use the same clips they had mm-hmm. three or four years ago yeah. and splice it in. They yeah, Exactly. And then the other thing, and I wrote this note down, it was so funny because um, you mentioned Axe got eliminated during this part, this, uh, part of the match. Mm-hmm. And Gorilla is like, oh, I don't know if Mr. Perfect's going to get him out of there. And then when he does, Jesse's like, he proved you wrong, Gorilla. He <laughs> got him out. And Gorilla is like, well, um, I, uh, uh, he just might have been tired. He might have been tired. Yeah, Wasn't so it gorilla, for that long? So Gorilla's making excuses for why Mr. Perfect eliminated Axe's demolition. Wow, I didn't, I didn't realize uh, Gorilla's bias towards demolition. <laughs> maybe he's a Mr. Perfect hater. Maybe. Maybe he's a Mr. Perfect hater, which isn't going to look good for him in uh, three years? About? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What else did you get from this segment? Because I don't really have much else here. Um. Well, I got basically Shawn Michaels is young at this point in time, and the Bushwhackers are popular already. Yeah, because the Bushwhackers were they? I know they definitely weren't in the Royal Rumble match, but maybe they were in that house show. That ran that same night. Is this their first year in this event? Yeah. I mean, I mean, with the company. I shouldn't say yeah, in this event. Is. Okay. This yes. Is, this is actually their first pay-per-view. Really? Oh, okay. So I guess they had just ke- just come in. So, so they're sort of a new character. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, this is their first Rumble, and they're already pop. I mean, they're not they're not like huge popular, probably until like the end of the year. But yeah, I'm gonna have more probably more to say on the Bushwhackers when when we get later on the show. In fact, probably a lot more. Yeah. Um, the Rumble match is the final match this year. Yes, very important. Yeah. Oh, but. The cha- you know the champion and the, the well the mega powers let's just say that the mm-hmm. mega powers Hogan and Savage are in this match with Savage as the champion. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like the champion should have should receive a better number by default? Like he can only choose one of like between twenty and thirty. Or are you good with this? Um, normally I would say that they would be fine with whatever number they got. 
However, with the position Savage got, which we'll mention in a in a little bit, it's surprising. And it's like maybe he should have had preferential treatment. Right. Because you know? he is the world champion. Mm-hmm. Unless they were trying to prove something to where, oh, anyone can win from, you know, any champion could win from this position. Right. So. And then here's a follow-up question for you in regards to the, the Rumble itself. Mm-hmm. Because this is the first year we're looking at actual numbers being drawn backstage. Right. Do you prefer a... Like that, you sometimes sometimes we know certain numbers, and certainly in 1999 we'll know mm-hmm. who drew number one and two and thirty, and thirty, and then other years they don't do anything that indicates any kind of number drawing. Which do you prefer? Do you like when so you know some of it or no? I think I like it if we know one position. Like, if we knew who got number one or number 30, I would be fine with that. If Mm -hmm. it's one and two, and there's a good reason for it, then I would be fine with that. Other than that, I think it takes a little out of the surprise element that we know what position this guy's coming in, and, you know, when, you know, it's almost like, well, okay, we know that this person's going to be the last guy to come in, or this person's going to be the first guy to come in. So it depends on how they do it. That's my Alright. So, now we go on to 11 through 15. 11 is the Honky Tonk Man. 12 is Tito Santana. 13 is Bad News Brown. 14 is Marty Jannetty, and 15, hey, it's the heavyweight champion, Randy Savage. And I have for eliminations the Honky Tonk Man and Ron Bess, but I would like you to kind of follow up on what you were saying earlier about the Savage uh, or number entry. Okay. Um, I just think if, it, if you do it cl- very clever, cl- very cleverly, like uh, 90, which is our next episode. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going a little forward. I thought they did that really well. Because this was when, back you know, back at that time, the audience in the arena did not know who got what number. But if you were at home watching the pay-per-view, you already know this guy's going to go in first and this guy's going to go in last. Mm-hmm. I I just think um, that it depends on how they do it and if they do it right. If you give too much away, I think it ruins it a little bit, the surprise element. Right. But if you do it with just one position, then I'm totally fine with it. Now, I was actually more talking about, you had said specifically in the last segment that we just did mm-hmm. that... Uh, I thought you had some kind of issue with Randy Savage's number in general for this rumble. Oh, maybe, I, yeah. I miss maybe I misunderstood you. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, Savage at number fifteen. It's the halfway point. The champion should not be the fifteenth guy out there. 
Mm-hmm. If you wanted, I think if they were to make it smarter, maybe have Savage and Hogan switch, have Hogan come out at the 15th spot, and then Savage comes whenever. Right. Make that oh. a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. So one of my notes here has that Mr. Perfect tried to eliminate the honky-tonk man at one point. <laughs> yep. And it looked like Mr. Perfect was having some kind of seizure or something. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to describe it. I was like, what? Yeah, it, it, it looked like uh, he was becoming a rag doll. Yeah. And then we also had Shawn Michaels go off the top rope, which is dumb. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous <laughs> in this match. Right. And then I also have going kind of piggybacking, piggybacking, I can't say it. Easy for you to so say. following what you said about Savage, he was pumped up. Like, oh, yeah. he was ridiculous when he got in there. I, I had in my notes, Savage is going for everybody. Yeah. It did not matter who you were. He went for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I would like to take this time now, since we have a, a minute here, to remind everyone that this is the plan right now is for this to be the last episode that myself and Bill will be by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Starting in the next episode, we're hoping to have a guest uh, every week. Um, so just keep that in mind, everyone, that it'll be us and someone else in yes. that third position. The third person. The I guess third you, entry. Third entry, yes. <laughs> uh, what else do you have for this segment? Um, Before Savage comes out, I have that this match drags a little bit. Agreed. Like, f- maybe from when Honky Tonk Man comes in to Janetti, it drags a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess at some point they have to have, like, a refresher part where nobody gets eliminated you know and then after saying you know, after i write about savage and i noticed this in such a weird way tito Santana, and butch are teaming up a lot <laughs> to get rid of people well, good for them. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm glad that you know we're sharing the love of eliminating people. You know, it's, they Butch knew something that Luke might be gone for a little bit, so he needed a uh, a backup plan. Maybe he was testing partners out. <laughs> yeah, very smart of Butch. I, like I said, more there's going to be a lot more Butch in the next segment for me. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of Butch in the next segment. <laughs> um. While we're at it, do you want to talk about what happened on the show prior to this match? Yes, that'd be good. That'd be fun. Okay. So there were three matches and a segment during this event. Uh, The opening match was a six-man tag team match, best two out of three falls, where Jim Duggan and the Hart Foundation beat Dino Bravo and the fabulous Rougeau brothers. Two falls to one. And I like how Jesse uses like this reasoning of, you know, 
I think Bravo and the Rougeos are going to have the advantage because they can speak French. And Duggan and the Hearts, they're not going to be able to understand each other. <laughs> also, he, if I can remember correctly, because I did watch it but casually mm-hmm. uh, in the background, mm-hmm. I believe Jesse takes the crowd to task about that they're chanting USA. Yeah. And, you know, the Heart Foundation... You know, not... Right, because Brett's Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. Um, Then we had the pose down. Oh, God. With Recruit and the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> you know what? It was better than the 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 bench press thing from last year, though. Mm-hmm. It was. I, it, it, I was like, okay, I get the gag. The gag is quicker now. Okay, great. But I do question why neither of them were in this match, in the Royal Rumble. Oh, that would have been. Okay, let me ask you this, and I, yes. and I think Gorilla brought this up. Why does Rick Rude get music for every time he poses, and the Warrior doesn't? Ah, that's a good question. That's a little. I guess. Up. I guess because the Rude music is more of a strip slash. I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> uh, a strip slash erotic dance mm-hmm. pose music yeah, than the war uh but yeah so that happened and then and was that the last thing before the rumble Mm-mm. i i just want to mention real quick sure what pisses me off is on the network Ooh. they have changed rick rude's music to like this b-rated strip erotic music it is so bad jim it is what? bad why though because i I wasn't aware that the WWE version of Rude's song was a cover version or anything. That I didn't was... think so. I don't know. What, what, what music were you thinking of? Not simply ravishing. No, 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 no. You, you, the one that you, the one that you mentioned. Yeah. They edited that version for a completely different, like, strip version. Oh, I'm wondering if it's the one that they that they the company brings up or they used to bring up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. It's like, and which is funny because it's a real song. Yeah, uh, which I never knew until about like two or three years ago. Uh, you, I, I wish I remembered it. I don't remember. If you it, watch the old match game, they play that song every once in a while. It's pretty funny. That might be what I'm thinking of. Um, okay. There are two other matches. We have one title defense. Rockin' Robin successfully defends her women's title, beating Judy Martin. And King Haku defeats Harley Race to stay king of the World Wrestling Federation. Very, very good, I guess. Oh, that was the one where those were they were two bad guys. Yeah. That was weird. And Bobby's like, all right, Haku, keep going, keep going. And then he's like, come on, Harley, pet him, pet him. You gotta beat Harley. At the same time, I don't know if I've ever seen a bad guy versus bad guy match work, at least for me. Right. Good guy versus good guy, sure. But bad guy versus bad guy, I don't think I've ever seen one that I'm like, yeah, there's people all about this. The only one that I can think of that worked Mm -hmm. was Rick Martel and Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam 92. where, Where Sherry's like, you can't punch each other in the face. You can't slap each other in the face. Other than that, 
You can go ahead and fight each other. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Six, All right, so we're going back five, to the regular Royal Rumble four, right now, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so now we get to 16 through 20. 16, Arn Anderson. 17, Tully Blanchard. 18, Hulk Hogan. 19, Luke of the Bushwhackers. And 20, Coco Beware. Uh, and I have during this segment eliminated was Greg Valentine, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, Mr. Perfect, Tito Santana, Butch, Luke, and Coco Beware. <laughs> We're eliminating everybody. At this now point. let's let's talk about when Tully Blanchard came out. Mm-hmm. It's then when Tully Blanchard came out that I realized, holy shit, Butch is still in this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and at that point, for me, all I could do is watch Butch and just because. Uh, let me just tell people right now, I have not seen this Rumble before. This is my first time seeing this. As I mentioned in the host Q and A, the '80s ones I had a feeling I had never seen, and only two in the 2010s I haven't seen. Um, so, Butch, I was very excited about. Would you Would you like to guess? How many minutes Butch was in this match? I do, but, for, but let me continue more right. of my stuff. So, All right, go ahead. Because the best thing about Butch was, the best thing about Butch was, if you watched him every once in a while, he would just randomly start marching around. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he would march around, and then when Hogan comes in and eliminates Mr. Perfect, I yelled out, yelled to my, well, I guess under my breath. I yelled in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I yelled, you better leave Butch the fuck alone. <laughs> uh, which, he, which he doesn't, because let this let it be known that despite everything, Butch was eliminated. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's interesting, because one of the announcers says Butch was eliminated by Bad News Brown. Which, well, he was. But he was also eliminated by fucking Hogan. Right. So let it be known that it took two guys to eliminate Bushwhacker Bush. (laughs) Which, here's what's interesting, and and here's where I'm going to call, here's where I got a question of a couple of things, and I'm wondering if you might know the answer off the top of your head. Okay. Do you know who WWE right now in 2018 says has the most eliminations in Royal Rumble history. Because I know they do a video package, but I haven't seen it in... I believe it is Kane. Do you know how many, just off the top of your head? I want to say 43 or 44. Because I feel like I want to start counting. Mm -hmm. Because I'm wondering, since since they said Bad News Brown eliminated Luke only, Mm -hmm. do they not put that towards a Hogan count? Well, according well, I'm on Wikipedia and they have credited Hogan and Bad News for the elimination. Right, but that's Wikipedia. That's not WWE right, video true. package. That's true. So that's that's why I'm like I'm now calling out whoever has the most eliminations to see if it's true. That's a good that's a good argument there. Um I'm sorry, I talked a lot about Butch because I was so all about Butch, but let me have you take a turn on saying some stuff. Well, no, I just wanted to see if you knew how long Butch was in that. Oh, um... Take a guess. 22 minutes. 
Um, no, but you're close. He was in there for 18 minutes. What a trooper. The third longest in the Rumble. (laughs) Only behind Greg Valentine and Mr. Perfect. That's great. Um, Uh, What do you have to say? Because I want to give you some time now. Um, I wrote down Savage and Hogan are out early. Um, I mean, Hogan at 18, that's real early for him. And then I wrote, Hogan eliminates everybody. He's just starting to throw people out left and right. And it didn't matter who it was, good guy, bad guy. He was throwing everybody out. <clears throat> and then, um, I didn't write this in my notes, but they, they mentioned it in the commentary. When Hogan comes in, Savage is almost eliminated by Mr. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And Hogan ends up eliminating Perfect. When Hogan gets in trouble, because I think like Arn and Tully um, are the ones that try to eliminate him, Savage is not there to help him. He's over Mm. with Bad News Brown. Right. So it's a difference of, hey, Hogan came to help you to, you know keep you in but you want to come to help Hogan but in the in the process it's also like well it's every man for himself but in Savage's defense he couldn't really get over there right away to help Hogan he was over there with Bad News Brown I agree I agree and and the whole thing with Bad News was he wanted a title shot and I didn't mention this because I didn't I didn't think it was that big of a storyline to put in. But basically, Bad News was accusing Jack Tunney of keeping Bad News away from getting a title shot because he thought Elizabeth was doing favors for Jack Tunney. Oh, wow, okay. It's like, <laughs> I, damn. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> wow. Uh, let me quickly throw in here Bushwhacker Luke. Because... Mm-hmm. Now, also, Coco Beware out super fast. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Luke. So, not as big of a performance as Butch, but something I definitely noticed when Luke was in there. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, Luke wanted some of Hogan. Mm-hmm. He kept going after Hogan uh, on, on numerous times. And I was excited about that. I said, oh, God, thank God. Vengeance for Butch. <laughs> and, and and let's get Hogan, Hogan Bushwhacker Luke for the next big event. Yeah. Forget Savage Hogan. Let's get Hogan Luke for WrestleMania 5. Let me just, I want to take this time right now to applaud both of the Bushwhackers <laughs> in this match. More, more Butch than probably Luke, but... But, wow, they they definitely got me the most excited about this entire match. <laughs> okay, I'm going to bring up a sore subject to you, but it does oh, involve no. the Bushwhackers. Okay. When they got inducted into the Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame. I didn't even cool. know they were in it, to be honest with you. Yeah, they got inducted. FYI, just so everyone knows, the WWE Hall of Fame means nothing. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. They gave the funniest speech that night. Because Luke and Butch were both there. Butch, unfortunately, had to walk with crutches. Um, But they were talking about this one story 
where they were with Duggan. And Butch was so funny, the whole speech. Because he was like, we were doing a lot of woes, and Duggan was doing a lot of hoes. Um, uh, you, gotta, real, you gotta look up that speech. It was really good. Real quick, I want to mention here that so at one point, Shawn Michaels does the super kick. Yes. And again, just like skin the cat, nothing, no, no, no real care is given. Oh man. Okay. I wanted to bring um a, a bump that from early in the match I just remembered. Sure. You know how when Brett wrestled, he would take that bump where he'd go chest first into the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. Mr. Perfect did the exact same spot in this match, and it looked painful. Oh, oh, it looked painful. Like he took that like a champ. Were you surprised at how quickly Coco Beware was eliminated? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> it's fair. Yes, because. He probably was not going to really win it. or I mean, yes, because he had just gotten in, but also no, because he probably was not going to win it. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, he just fell victim to the Hogan onslaught of eliminations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, did Hogan, was Hogan the one that eliminated him? Yep. He was, okay. I only have who was eliminated, not necessarily who... eliminated the person because that would get really messy even in this match even in the next segment oh man uh which we're gonna get to here in i think just minutes what else you have to add to this segment um arn and tolly were good in this match Mm -hmm. um besides eliminating the rockers they were really on hogan for a while so they were really being uh diverse they were going six five I was too busy in Butchman. Of course you were. (laughs) Okay. Uh, 21 through 25. 21, The Warlord. 22, Big Boss Man. 23, Akeem. 24, Brutus Beefcake. 25, The Red Rooster. So this is weird because we talked about some of the guys already. Uh... Here's who I have as eliminated because it came really close to where Coco Beware came in mm-hmm. and when Hogan's onslaught of eliminations happened. So yes. that's why they were divided within two sections. Mm-hmm. So this one I have eliminated the Warlord, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, um, Bad News Brown. Bad News Brown, sorry, Bad News Brown, Randy Savage, the big, uh, and Hogan, and the Big Boss Man. Yep. All in this segment. Everybody is getting eliminated in this. Um, okay, I gotta ask you. Yes. When Hogan eliminated Savage, what was your thought? What was your initial thought? I wish Butch was still in. I got to remind people, as, as, like, this was the first time I've seen this, and I'm not an 80s fan. I was not invested in the Hogan era. I got into wrestling when I was in the 
early 90s. I get the appeal. I, uh, now that I'm older, I understand the appeal of the 80s, but I'm not, wasn't like, oh yeah, Hogan Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, it was surprising to me, but I thought Savage's reaction was great because in that promo, and that'll be a question I ask you in a minute. Sure. Um, I love Savage's reaction because Savage is like, I'm going to win this Rumble. I'm the champion. I'm going to be king of Rumble. And when he gets eliminated and he realizes who it was, it's like, oh, shit, here we go. And then Elizabeth comes down and she's like, stop it. Stop it. You two, stop it. It's like she's trying to break up these two young boys fighting over her almost. (laughs) I just thought of something really interesting that I did not even realize until just now. Mm-hmm. So Savage said that he was going to be king of the Rumble. Yep. And I think other people mentioned, like, I'm going to be king of the Rumble. There's technically two kings then <laughs> well, in the W at the same time. Is that how this works? Well, I mean, it is a royal rumble. So. I get that. That's why I'm only realizing it right now, that if there's no title shot on the line at I, WrestleMania... I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know how to put that. Is there a king... Is there any instance in any kind of movie, TV show, anything, book, I don't care, where there's two kings? Mm. Not that I can think of. You're going to like this note I have as a note here. Mm-hmm. Hogan versus Luke is greater than Hogan versus Bussman. <laughs> here's my here's okay, here's a real response to that Hogan Savage question. I was interested that after Hogan is eliminated, he throws a tantrum. Oh my god, he is such a sore loser. <laughs> he is such a sore loser. And also, so then what happens, and this is going to be the first, because I can get over, like, Andre getting scared off by a snake, and Andre technically eliminated himself. Yeah. Here's where maybe the, mark it down, everyone, the first controversy in Royal Rumble rules happens. At one point, the big boss man goes, runs a rope, and Hogan lowers the rope. Yep. Therefore, eliminating the big boss man, and Gorilla says that it's okay. Yep. <laughs> which is fine because I'm now going to hold them to that rule the entire duration of this podcast's existence. <laughs> I love the argument that Gorilla and Jesse have about that. It's like, do you remember what boss man did to Hogan? And Jesse's like, that was weeks ago. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let me get your thoughts. What do you think about that? Um, I, I, I have to agree with you. If you eliminate somebody and you already were eliminated, I think that's a fair I think that's a rule. I think it's a fair rule. If you get eliminated, it doesn't matter who it is, you're out. Mm-hmm. So I have to side with Gorilla on this one. Um wait, you side with him that it's okay for Hogan to eliminate the boss man? Yeah, because boss man went over the top to the floor. 
okay, even though someone someone that wasn't in the match right. caused that to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I, and I don't mind if they – I'm not even saying that I'm for or against this rule, right. but I am going to be against it if it happens again and they're like, no, it's a different outcome this right. time. All right. Um, my question that I wanted to ask you, because you yes. had asked me about um, people knowing their numbers. Yeah. You had mentioned the backstage segments, especially with the wrestlers before the match. Are you for or against those? I like the backstage segments. It brings it, – it's a, it's a, it's a buildup. Mm-hmm. Like it makes you remember, oh, this guy's in there. Uh, this is a cool little segment. I, I, I like both the backstage segments and the interview montages yeah. when they do them. Oh, I love those because they're quick, they're to the point, and everybody gets a chance. to say and, it may, and it makes it feel important. Yeah, it really does. Um, I have a note here that mm-hmm. I think you would be able to help me with because I didn't put any context to this. Um but I know you sometimes notice this more than I do. Okay. My note says, did Jesse just call bullshit on the time clock? I missed that. All right. I, uh, I, I'm, I apologize, folks. I don't know why. Maybe he says something about, isn't it time for the next guy to come out? And Yeah, I think I he was saying, like, are we, at, are we close to another person coming in? I think that's... That's probably what that's in reference yeah. to. Um, I have one big note after Hogan and the Hogan boss man, uh, segment. And I wrote when it's Akeem, Brutus and Red Rooster, I wrote, it's like starting over again. Yes. (laughs) Because it's like once Hogan is eliminated, it's like, well, Crap, who's going to win at this point? It's not Savage, it's not Hogan, it's not Andre. Who the hell's going to win at this point? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because, again, someone that hadn't seen this before, I went into this thinking Hogan wins. Just because that's my mind frame is that it's the 80s Hogan wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was surprised that Hogan was eliminated and then... And then I was like, "Well, who else?" Because I, I didn't even couldn't tell. I couldn't even tell you. I knew Andre was really in this match. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what he was doing at this time. Yeah. Um. But no, it's so true. It feels like it's a different match. It's so weird. Do you think once Hogan was eliminated, did that take the crowd out of the rest of this match? <laughs> I think not just Hogan, I think that whole group of people, and I know it's hard to like say that uh, you know Hogan is the same as a Marty Jannetty. Right. But I do think the fact that all of those people went out at not the same time, but pretty damn near close to it, I think that took a lot out of it. Within several minutes. I mean, I know I was upset when Luke went out and Butch. <laughs> and Butch. I was very upset. Oh, man. No, but I mean, because, like, I haven't seen this match in a long time. Probably a few years. When Hogan is eliminated, I really did not realize how much that took out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to especially see it at the end 
like the very end. Yeah. Because I have one special note for that. But, yeah, it's like, they, the way they booked this was so weird. Mm Mm-hmm. You would, you know, like you said, you would think Savage would get a later number because he's the champ. Right. Or at least he should have argued for it, and if he didn't get the later number, he should have been mad about it. Exactly. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right. And now we go to our last group of five. 26, The Barbarian, 27, Big John Stud, 28, Hercules, 29, Rick Martell, and 30, The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. All right, and I have now, we're going to work our way to the final two, but for now, I'm going to talk about uh, Eliminated Was, The Red Rooster, Hercules, Brutus Beefcake, and The Barbarian. We'll get to the rest of the eliminations in a little bit. What do you you start off the discussion with this one? All right. When we get to Barbarian, my next note is best of the mid card because that's <sighs> what it is. This it's is so the true. Best of the mid card, <laughs> and I feel so bad because it's like, okay, Akeem is in a big angle with Bossman, so he's, which he's secondary to, right? So he's sort of guilty by association. Um, then you have Beefcake, who, like, he's not quite main event, but he's a couple steps maybe away. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Rooster is Red Rooster. Can you give me your Red Rooster cockadoodle do? Alright. <laughs> it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Well, you know, when you listen to so many Red Rooster promos. <laughs> um, Barbarians in a tag team Big John Stud just came back to WWF this time Hercules was sold to Ted DiBiase to be his slave not a joke that's an actual story <laughs> and then what's funny is Gorilla forgets who else is left and then Rick Martel <laughs> runs out I actually think someone he one of them confuses Martel for Tito yes, at some point. Yes. And so then, yeah, go ahead. and the DiBiase comes out thirty. Right, and there's there's supposed to be the payoff to all those backstage segments. Mm-hmm. Is that up? Oh, DiBiase's thirty. He's gonna uh, win. He's gotta yeah. win. So I made a note of this. So with this now DiBiase. At 30, that assumingly he he bought a trade? Is that how I'm supposed to interpret that? That's how I look at it. So trades are allowed in the Royal Rumble? You know, now that you mention it, do you remember when they did the drawing and Luke yes. and Butch, they both drew their numbers? Yes. And they traded numbers. I didn't forget. Oh my god. So I guess trades are allowed at this time. Interesting. By the way, Luke and Butch, that wasn't that much of a trade. It really wasn't. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I mean, Butch was in there for almost 20 minutes. Yeah. So. Um, oh, it could have been Luke. Yeah. Could have been Luke all along. I know. Um, I had, when Big John Studgun in there, he did not want anybody's help 
when he fought a king. He went to Akib and he was fighting with him. Everybody was trying to help him, and Big John just pushed them away. And he's like, "Get the hell out of here! I don't yeah. want your help." That was pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, and then Virgil stays out. Yeah, let's talk about this a little bit, uh, as well as my note of that says here, I wish Luke and Butch were still in. <laughs> so Virgil stays out, mm-hmm. even though other managers had to go to the back. But then Ventura says, because he's a bodyguard, right. then he can stay out there. Mm-hmm. Which now begs to question every tag team, why isn't the other guy out there helping him out? Mm-hmm. And again, I do want to mention that every tag team worked together, even Gennetti and Michaels. Yep. All of them worked to, you know, Luke and Butch. Uh, for whatever reason, Demolition were the only stupid ones that didn't work together. <laughs> um, what, what are your thoughts on that, though? You know, it's very true. All the tag teams helped each other. The uh, the Brainbusters, Anderson and Blanchard, the Rockers, the Bushwhackers, the Mega Powers, the Twin Towers. Demolition did, but like you said, they had to fight each other. Uh, so not the the best decision on their part, but um, <coughs> but yeah, that was. You know what? Now that I think about it, the only ones that didn't. Were Barbarian and Warlord. Well, the Warlord was in there for, like, a minute. Not even a minute, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah. And then I wrote down that Jesse thinks Virgil might be number 31. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that one later on. Uh, so, we eventually, we get down to the final four mm-hmm. of Martel, DiBiase, Big John Studd, and Akeem. All-star cast right there. Sure. <laughs> Of course. A main event anywhere in the country. Yes. Akeem eliminates Martel, mm-hmm. which then leads it to be DiBiase versus Stud versus Akeem. Uh, Stud eliminates Akeem, which mm-hmm. then leads to Big John Stud versus Ted DiBiase. And before we get to the winner here, mm-hmm. I do want to take time to go back and maybe scrape up anything that we might have missed throughout the Rumble that we forgot to bring up. Um, do you have anything? Oh, gosh. Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. All right. And uh, here's what I want to bring up. We had mentioned the warlord earlier and his quick, you know, less than a minute elimination, Mm -hmm. probably less than 30 seconds even. Yeah. That's for years. The company would have that as their video mm-hmm. of like shortest elimination yep and i think that was interesting to me that i doing the show i would think that that's something i would want to talk about in depth because they put such a a focus on for a long time but yet i didn't and i was like i guess for me i'm looking to do this show that and focus on things that people don't really remember, yeah. like the Bushwhackers' performance in this Rumble, mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe some things that everyone kind of is like, oh yeah, I remember that one. It was the Warlord getting eliminated in less than a minute. Yep, that's a good point. 
I mean, actually, now that you mention it, I think they still reference him to this day when they do the the yearly package. Mm-hmm. Like, for years, the Warlord had the record for the shortest time in a Royal Rumble. That was until Santino Barella got eliminated in one second. Right. So Warlord <sighs> still gets mentioned every year. So he, see, it, 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 but see, even you, you didn't, I noticed this, you didn't even really push to have a Warlord discussion on it. So it feels like neither of us were really that interested, despite I, the fact yeah. that either, both of us should have been. Yeah, that that's very true. Um, Should we get to how this ends? Sure. All right, so... It comes down to Big John Stud and Ted DiBiase. Big John Stud wins. Yeah, he kicks DiBiase's ass. He does. Uh, Virgil attacks post match and gets beat up, in which that's where Ventura says Virgil's number thirty-one. Yep. And Gorilla's like, there goes the thirty-first man. <laughs> and then, and then, when Howard Finkel announces the winner, and if I ruin your hearing, folks, I apologize. He goes. Here is your winner of the Royal Rumble, Big John Stud. And it's like, oh God. <laughs> okay, so now, and this is this is a question that I'm only going to ask once, probably ever in this podcast. I I'm interested because now I'm going to just like the Royal Rumble. I'm going to hold you to this. Okay, I I think it's going to be. Yeah, see how that that think just wandered into your mouth now that time? I, I think it's going to be Okay. You, have, you watched this on the DVD. Yes. Could you tell me what they did after Stud went? Like, do they show anything? Or? I, I didn't have any notes for it. I, I just have what I, uh, what what I wrote with the Virgil post attack. Um, I don't think they do anything with Stud. I think he just raises his arms. And I mean, like, is there like a backstage interview? Or... Sa- there's a backstage Savage interview. Okay. And then do they go back to Gorilla and Jesse? Or... I think as the crowd is leaving, because you can see the crowd leaving. Oh, God, yeah, that's my last notice. Like, as soon as they say he wins, everybody's leaving. <laughs> it's like... I just want to bring this up real quick. It's like when you and I, we were in New Jersey with my dad. Mm. The day of WrestleMania, and we're at a Dragon Gate USA show. Right. And as soon as the bell rang for that last match, everybody got out of that building. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that part, the uh, just leaving alone is going to probably be like another hour. Yeah. Um... (laughs) What a weird choice to, of a winner. It is. Um, okay, so there, before we get into the weird choice, there was a reason why I asked you this. Okay. About the any extra stuff. Mm-hmm. On the network, and again, this is not a plug for the network. I'm just telling right. you what I saw. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Gorilla says a couple things about Big John Studd, like, oh, this is the biggest I've ever seen him. And then he's like, well, that's going to do it for Jesse. <laughs> at WrestleMania 5 and then they show a quick plug for WrestleMania 5 and then it's like uh, almost two minutes of unnecessary highlights of like still frames some that should be in there but a lot that should not be in there 
Vernon giving a power slam to <laughs> Honky Tonk Man on the floor when he's eliminated. There's like at least a dozen things that should not have been in this highlight package. So you, you're the reason you asked me. I think I know why you asked me this because it does seem like from how you said it, you think that there was an edit and something was taken out. I, I really did. I, I always thought the Savage interview was a part of the show because I had the I have the costume video. Mm-hmm. And that interview is on the video. Right. So I always thought that was how it ended. The last thing that I want to bring up to you, because you mentioned the unnecessary uh, finale uh, screenshots, I guess they are. But did you notice that it's like some weird modified version of Hacksaw Jim Duggan's theme? Right. That was John Studd's theme for a little bit. Was it? Yeah, huh? Okay. Let's talk about John Studd as the winner here. Because this was such a weird choice to me. Again. Not an 80s fan myself. If you were to tell me what was the last great thing John Big John Studd did in the WWE slash WWF, I would have told you his match with Andre and I think WrestleMania won yeah. with the money. Mm-hmm. And as far as I knew, he retired maybe a year or so after that. Right. That's what, three years before this? Uh, at least. Yeah, maybe more. My my thing is, and this is no disrespect towards Big John Studd, none, what I'm about to say. He might be, with the exception of one or two other people, the worst choice to win the Royal Rumble. Mm. Because it's like, well, what do you do with him? You know, why did he win? It's like, like I said, he had just come back and you're gonna tell me that he wins over savage who's the world champion hogan because he's hogan dibiase because he paid to get the number 30 spot on anybody i think the the pro i think the reason why Well, there really is no reason, but the reason... I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. They didn't... WWE didn't commit to giving the winner of this match shit. Right. So they were probably like, well, it doesn't matter what we're going to do with him because we didn't say anything. So let let me ask you this, because you would know this better than me. What, if anything, did Big John Studd do at WrestleMania 5, which would have been the follow-up to this event. Alright, before I tell you, yes, I don't want you to drink, for what I'm about okay. to say, because this would be a spit gag. Alright, no problem, I'm out of water. Go ahead. Big John Studd, winner of the 1989 Royal Rumble, he's going to get a big match at WrestleMania 5, right? No. He is the guest referee for Jake the Snake and Andre the Giant. (laughs) Okay, so let me ask you this real quick, and then we're going to head out. Uh, Like I said, in two weeks, everyone, it's the next one, the 1990 Royal Rumble. 
read about it, watch it on the network, watch it on a DVD. It doesn't matter. Just try to find some way to to uh, to, to, to experience it, and then we'll talk about it. Um, now I – oh, okay. So here was my question to you. Which was worse, John Studd winning the Royal Rumble, going to WrestleMania to be a referee, or Axel Jim Duggan winning last year and – not even getting a buy into the second round of a WrestleMania four tournament. I'd say Big John Stud because he doesn't get a match. At least Duggan has a match. That's probably true. Duggan theoretically had a chance to be world champion. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So is that what we're going to experience until 1993? That like the winner just gets a terrible position at that year's WrestleMania? Mm, no, because really. Hogan. Hogan hasn't won once yet on this show, so, okay, that's out the window. Oh, well. Yeah, forget that part. (laughs) They're like, all right, 1990? All right, here we go. This good match has to mean something now. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, final plugs and thoughts, and then let's head out of here. All right. Uh, Listen to my podcast, That Wrestling Show. You guys can hear it each and every Friday. Uh, We cover the current stuff going on in the world of wrestling. And please visit my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Bill's World of Podcasts. All right, everyone, you can follow me. Uh, that's podcasting. That's podcasting.com. I don't do another wrestling show, but I do do. Now that's what I call podcasting, a show about the now that's what I call music series. Um, so check that out. And thank you for listening. So, Bill, head us out of here. All right. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. And. The 1989 Royal Rumble has been eliminated.